0: From the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome to the Jack and Spike Show. I'm Spike O'Neill. Jack Stein is taking a day today. I think he's uh, making guacamole for his big Super Bowl party tomorrow. You know how Jack loves sports. Almost as much as he loves entertaining. Uh, With me today, Angela Poe Russell.
1: Hello. Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon to you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Happy to be here. We're going to talk about some things today uh, that we don't often get a chance to talk about. Uh, A lot of things that are in the news that you care about, a lot of things that we care about. So hopefully you'll find it interesting and tag along with us. Um, We're going to talk about today uh, President Biden's uh, reaction to the special counsel report saying that he doesn't know who he is or where he is um, and the pushback from both sides. And maybe I'm paraphrasing a little bit, No,
1: but I get it. Yeah.
0: uh, uh, But first, let's talk a little bit about the Supreme Court's. Uh, I guess hearing, I don't know if that was the right word, wasn't really a hearing, they heard oral arguments about whether or not uh, a state, any state, specifically Colorado or also Maine, other states, I think 17 states have proposed uh, removing former President Trump from their state's ballots due to his engagement in insurrection. Supreme Court yesterday heard arguments from both sides. Um, and I watched a lot of coverage last night. Um, in the middle of uh, looking at various Taylor Swift videos online, because I'm in, in, enamored with Taylor Swift and, and her impact on American sport. I watched a lot of the recap. Did you, Angel? Did you uh, review any of the Supreme Court's uh, arguments? Yesterday? I haven't seen
1: the video, but I've seen some of the analysis on it, and it's clear to me all indications are that this is going to get rejected.
0: It's going to get it's, it's it's if it's not a nine zero decision. Many people believe it will be an 8-1 decision, and that's based on expert analysis, other than ours, of course, on uh, the oral arguments made yesterday. And a lot of people did point out, I'd like to say, that you can never tell how a Supreme Court is going to react based solely on the oral arguments that Mm -hmm. they hear in a case. Many different um, papers were presented to the Supreme Court from both sides. Uh, Often when the Supreme Court hears a case, they'll have informed uh, members of the the judiciary of the executive branch from the past, they'll all weigh in with various briefs. Friends of the court, I believe, they are able to, allowed to write different briefs to inform the Supreme Court about this particular case. Give them research material. Some folks say it may not go as far as, as slanted as it looked yesterday with the oral argument. So they may actually have a few more justices saying that, yes, in fact, the law is the law, and the Constitution clearly states someone who engages in insurrection should not be allowed to seek public office.
1: And that's what I'm wondering if you if you just take that at face value. Right. It just I wondered because it seemed from the reports I read that there were a lot of questions around whether one state should be able to decide who voters get to, you know, elect elect a particular office.
0: Many judges, both conservative and liberal in nature from Kagan on the liberal side to. To Roberts or Alito or whomever it was, we're making that argument that uh, I think Justice Roberts actually said if we allow just a handful of states to decide who the president is, doesn't that, doesn't that present a daunting consequence? And
1: then I, for me, again, I just go back to the question. What is it? Section three of the, 14, the 14th 3, yeah. Amendment. Yeah. So it'll be, look, I'm no legal scholar here. We don't but... need
0: you to be one. Just <laughs> pretend you are. <laughs> well, I was That's just going to
1: say, I mean, hopefully whenever the decision comes down, they usually will give very... Um, Robust reasons for the decision. Yeah, yeah. And so I would love for them to explain that part if they do go in this direction that a lot of people are suspecting they'll go.
0: Well, I think we, we're looking at this particular Supreme Court in this particular moment in history. Um, we've never had a Supreme Court that has been so public in its scrutiny, whether it's through ethics questions that have been raised in the last year or so on various court members, whether they weigh in on political issues like, say, the, uh, the Roe v. Wade, this, the decision they need to overturn that. So it's a very political, politicized Supreme Court more than ever in my lifetime, anyway. Yeah. And I think the Supreme Court, if I'm just you know armchair judging, because I'm not quarterbacking, why not? <laughs> um, I think they're afraid to be seen as being too political about this. Do and, and you think the, so? I, I, I think I think they worry about uh, how the Bush v. Gore, where the Supreme Court actually stepped in and decided an election. Mm. I don't think they want to be seen as deciding this election. And if they say, if they rule, even if they rule correctly, that a state has the right. To dictate who is on their ballot, and that's clearly written into the law. You know, regardless of whether or not the the insurrection clause allows them to not allow the president on the ballot, states have the right to decide their election laws. That is based in in fact in history, but they don't want they don't want to be seen as we well, you know, we can't let one state decide. I saw that from Justice Roberts yesterday. How you know one state shouldn't decide? Isn't that kind of the definition of the Electoral College though? The way we've divided ourselves as a nation, where it's like six or seven swing states. It seems that that's all that matters is who wins Nebraska. No, Nebraska Nebraska's never I'm sorry. Wisconsin, Michigan, Florida, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Nevada, and whomever else Ohio right. yeah. Swing State. So we've already got a system where it's not a general election, it's an electoral college. I understand the values of the electoral college process, and that's a whole other three hour show to debate that.
1: Now one thing I I'm hoping you can weigh in on since you watched a lot of this yesterday, the you ad were nauseum. telling me and, and you were telling me about the the um, lawyer arguing Colorado's attorney, was it Colorado's attorney general yeah. making the arguments? Well,
0: the attorney general from Colorado was on site, made an argument as well, but the lawyer representing the citizens of the six citizens of Colorado okay. who had standing and brought the suit, a gentleman named Muller, a 10-year lawyer. Very, he looked like he got out of law school last Tuesday. Yeah, 10 years is still pretty early nothing. when it
1: comes to law. Yeah.
0: And it was his first ever argument before the Supreme Court. And okay. by all accounts, he just didn't bring it. He had his clock cleaned. I watched different legal analysis yesterday saying the judges were asking questions of the, of both sides throughout the course of the, of the arguments. And, uh, well, he could have come back with this, 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 or this to counter that question, to answer that question. And oftentimes he was, he seemed unprepared, at least, um, inexperienced Mm. in dealing with Supreme Court. And I think that's going to affect how the case comes out.
1: I would love to just pause for a moment and just all of you listening, just think about that for a minute. You're early in your career, a case that everyone in the nation, Arguably, the world is probably watching to
0: see what will happen. And not to be hyperbolic, but could change the course of history. It
1: could change the course of history. And now you're in front of the United States Supreme Court and everybody just breaking down. You know how I just the pressure of that. So I just wondered, I'd I'd have a hard time believing he wouldn't adequately prepare. But did he just get up there and
0: choke? Just wasn't up to the moment. I'm, I'm sure he did the best he could, given no experience. Right. And then he had clerked for two of the different justices over time uh, for Justice Gorsuch when he was in the appellate circuit. I think and he said for, Kagan. Uh, and, think... and Kagan when okay. she was on the Supreme Court. Yeah. So he's a little intimidated by his former boss, is not ready for the moment. And then the lawyer represented uh, former President Trump, by all accounts, did a masterful job. And I, I'm wondering if that's if that's in comparison to the other Trump lawyers we've seen of late. Because the Trump lawyers we've seen of late have kind of been a clown circus. By yeah. by everybody's account. But this guy would, you know, the lawyer for the former president would, would lose an argument or, you know, not make his point and concede that. It's okay. You're right. You're right, Your Honor. I mm. I, I see your blah, 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 blah. And just was a very good lawyer. Mm. And that may have a lot to do with how the outcome bears out. And not to, not to belabor this particular topic. We've got a lot to talk about. But it seemed to me yesterday they were kind of focusing on the little things that really – weren't we're missing the big picture they mm-hmm. spent a lot of time on is the the former is the president an officer of the government one of the defenses that former president's side put out was that uh he's not an officer of and he didn't take an oath to defend the constitution he took an oath to support the guy is there isn't
1: that what lawyers do though if you think about
0: it that, that, that's, they want to yeah.
1: find the tiniest technicality yeah. the tiny like it's it's... It,
0: yeah, it's good never deny somebody their their scam or whatever you know the guy was did what he was pay, being paid to do, right? But so I saw somebody say, Trump's lawyers and d- treated this case like it was uh, a tax case. They were looking for loopholes, and the Supreme Court justices allowed the former president's lawyer to look for these loopholes. Like, well, it wasn't an insurrection when and Justice Kentani uh, Br- Jackson Brown uh-huh. said, uh, you know, well. Guy said, "Well, there there were no guns, and there has got to be a it's got to be a violent overthrow of the government." And she's pushed the justice pushed back. So a chaotic attempt to overthrow the government doesn't count as an insurrection. They were arguing about what's an insurrection, who's an officer, and they're missing the big picture. Did the former president was he involved in an effort, a coordinated effort, to stop the peaceful transfer of power, and deny the will of eighty million voters who voted for President Biden? And they just seem to miss that one because I think they're looking for an off ramp. Like I said, they don't want to be a Supreme Court.
1: Known for who, changing the course of an election. changing the course of or, history. Or, right, right.
0: They do that enough. All
1: right, so should we talk about our current president? We should. Because that was something that made headlines last Ye- night, Yesterday, yeah. the
0: report was issued by special counsel, um, her is his last name, that the special counsel appointed to investigate the the, the current president. Now, there there's so many presidents, so many right. documents. President Joseph Biden was found to be in possession of um, classified documents, some classified documents, but gen- in general, cl- documents that he had taken from his days as vice president. Uh, and they were initially found by the Biden law- lawyers representing President Biden, found him in his office at, I think it was uh, University of Pennsylvania's office in D.C. Anyway, various places under his, he was using documents to catch dripping oil from his Corvette in his garage. There was there was just documents everywhere. Um, yesterday, the report was issued that found that President Biden, while willfully retaining classified documents, didn't do uh, anything that was criminal in nature, at least not to the point where they would bring charges.
1: It had to be willful, and they didn't right. think that it was willful.
0: Well, and and, and he, no, the, he said it was willful. He had willfully taken documents, but, you know, inappropriately taken documents. Um, anyway, they said they couldn't. The, the report read that the special counsel didn't see it uh, necessary to bring criminal charges against President Biden because they, and they cited this, which I thought was pretty based. They didn't feel they would be able to get a conviction in a court of law. But then the the council's report went on to say that President Biden, there's like eight words. I think, Laura, it was the eight words that uh, he was an, a, a nice old man who just couldn't remember stuff. And I'm, I, I should get the eight words.
1: A We're gonna well-meaning po- elderly man with a poor memory.
0: An, a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Yeah, that's what they, they hung their hat on in the report. Well, the aftermath of this report is what's got the world on fire today. And I honestly think it, it's going to be... Uh, Things change so fast in our news cycle. Right. You know, we we will move on to the next shiny object or shiny distraction or catastrophe by next week. Yeah. But today it's President Biden's age. And his memory.
1: Right. And so so just to backtrack for one moment. So this report comes out. He decides to have this press conference as a way to kind of reassure that, you know, to, to respond to it. To, and push, show back, that, to push back and, on that narrative. Yes. And yes. to show that I am up to the task. And then during this press conference, press conference there were a few gaffes. Um, we don't have any sound of that, do we? Do we? Not of the gaffes. Do we have some of
0: of, of, of angry Joe Biden, because yes. to, to, to your point, Angela, the, the report came out and all we saw across the news headlines and the Chirons of every network all afternoon, Biden is an old man. He can't remember things. You know, the president's memory is an issue. President Biden's mental decline. And so the the White House in spin mode in damage control had President Biden come out last night and have one of the few press conferences he's ever held. This right. president has been unattainable to the media, unavailable to the media. By, by design from his administration because he's not an eloquent speaker anymore used to be he's he's always had a speech impediment and he doesn't present well in public speaking yeah.
1: and just what were you going to say laura oh yeah so i have i have a reporter kind of pressing him on that memory, on question, the memory oh this was the great that. moment yes yeah. let's hear this yeah.
0: in his description you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory
1: I'm well-meaning. and I'm an elderly man. I Know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president. I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. That's totally. How bad out.
2: is your memory, and can you continue as president?
1: My memory is so bad. I let you speak. That's uh, that's. <laughs> Do you that's know my your memory has gotten worse, Mr. No, president. Look, my memory is not. Good. My memory is fine. My memory. Take a look at what I've done since I become president. I tell you what, that clap back, I Mm -hmm. I remember watching it. I just fell over on the couch laughing because it was a it was a witty witty moment.
0: It was. And that's that's a good sign of mental acuity is a sense of humor. Yes. And he doesn't deliver. He's he's slow in his speech pattern. I get it. But uh, so the media now is going to run with this narrative as they have for the last 24 hours. It's reignited the question that the Democrats really have no defense for. Is former President Biden's age.
1: Right. And, you know, I was looking at this poll, I believe it was an NBC poll. It said that 76 percent of voters, including more than half of Democrats, have major or moderate concerns about Joe Biden's mental capabilities. Mm -hmm. And this was before this incident. But I have to tell you, okay, look, I'm one of those people. I don't get too attached to sides or people. I go with what makes sense to me. Right. And so I was looking at this press conference with an open mind. And I feel like it was stuff that a lot of people do. For example, he called. He confused. He used the president of Mexico's name. Right. He, anyway, he he basically he mixed up two worlds. He mixed. Leaders. Oh gosh, I do that all the time. Right. And then there was, and and actually, when I was researching on this topic, I found that President Trump has done the same exact thing. Let me just pull it up here.
0: Oh yeah, oh, was this it was, the Pelosi?
1: Yes. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi, and um, let's see. Also confuse the leaders of Hungary and Turkey I just think when you're talking in front of a bunch of people yes do you want someone to be so sharp they hardly ever make a mistake but I don't know that this it didn't set off the panic button for me
0: well here's my my take on this and it's just my two cents on this the Republicans seem to want to have these talking points about what matters in this upcoming election first it was uh, the the economy they were going to the Biden economics was a failure it was a disaster but the economic numbers have been so good It's kind of they're losing that argument. Then it was going to be and it probably still will be the the border issue. Well, then we have a bipartisan piece of legislation that the former president, Trump, kind of put his foot into and, and killed this bill. So Democrats have that to run on now. So when the report came out that there was no criminal charges and you can't equate how former President Trump handled documents to how former President Biden handled documents, I think this special prosecutor put this into this report to reignite the talking point. Of Biden's age. Oh, and, is and this your potential. conspiracy I'm theory? I'm very Machiavellian. I do, I think, because <laughs> this is going to, th- it lit the fuse. Every network, we're talking about it. Democrats yeah. have to defend it. And it has, and the thing is, it, like I said, it's an issue the Democrats don't have a good defense for. He is old. He is poor in a speaking him. Okay,
1: that's one theory. That's yeah. one theory. Okay, going back to the report, and I was talking with Laura about this because, was it, Har- what's his name? Har? Is that his Her. Oh, her. Yeah. Okay. He talked about he couldn't remember when his son passed away. Right, And I just thought, right. oh my gosh, I can't remember when my dad passed. I, I literally have to go think about when that... It, it just seems like it's something that a lot of people do, but because there are already these questions around Joe Biden, right. it's amplified. What were you going to say, Laura? Oh yeah, I was just going to say my, my grandmother passed away. And even as we were talking about it, I said, I think it was two, maybe three years ago. And I flew out for the memorial service. I remember... Like lots of really specific things about that event. And I could not tell you off the top of my head what, I'm what the year was.
0: I lost my mom, I think, 10 years ago. But if I had to bet you my house, like I'm usually too often do, on what exact year my mom passed away, I don't know that I could tell you. I can look it up and remember. But when President Biden was interviewed, he sat down for five hours of interviewing over two days with the special counsel. And one of the things about these two reports about the special counsel for Biden's handling of documents and former President Trump's, because that's being equated today, we here in the two tier justice. How come Trump's being charged? Biden gets a free pass for doing the same thing. Former President Trump is not being charged with willful possession of materials. And that's what was that's what the report for Biden said. I had willfully retained materials classified and unclassified. President Trump is being charged with obstruction of justice. For refusing to follow subpoenas, not getting moving documents around his residence at Mar-a-Lago, uh, there's allegations of attempted to delete video surveillance video of Mar-a-Lago as he was evading these. That's what President Trump is being charged with. They're they're, they're unequal charges, yeah. and I lost my train of thought trying to make sure I had all the details right on this thing. It,
1: it, it see it oh, happens, it, it, and I it, still it, think it, you're see, pretty sharp. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I I. I President Biden, some, I saw somebody say yesterday and made perfect sense to me. Don't argue about what, how well President Biden speaks. If you can point to instances where President Biden's alleged mental decline has affected his ability to govern, what policies have been altered or put in place or what mistakes have been made because of his supposed mental decline? You got him on fumbling over his tongue. As you as you pointed out, Angela, Trump does it a lot as well. They're both, they're both they're 77 both, and 81.
1: It, it, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. And I think at the end of the day, we all as voters as citizens of the USA should care about our elected leaders' yeah. mental capabilities. Absolutely. I just think in this particular case, it was a little sensationalized.
0: It was sensationalized, and when you don't have substance, you bang on the table. That's what every lawyer says, right? Uh, <laughs> we are going to be back right after this. Uh, it's the Jack and Spike Show. Angela Paul Russell's in for Jack today. Jack's taking a little time off. When we get back, it's Super Bowl weekend, but there's a story about sports and Particularly football that we, we both found interesting. I'm going to bring it back to you right after this. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. Angel Paul Russell in for Jack Stein today. Hey Aaron Granillo. Yes. You mentioned in this last report that B Wags Bobby Wagner was yeah. awarded the Sportsman of the Sportsmanship Award. The Sportsmanship named award. after Art Rooney. Yeah. Wonderful. I, I think Bobby Wagner's return to the Seahawks was a great thing. For if if not the linebacker, he he's not the linebacker he used to be. No, he's but not the he's culture, lost a step. <laughs> culture he brings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think oh, he's I love Bobby. Yes, yeah, no, he's the best. He's yeah. the best. I mean, you're you're a parent. Yes, and I know your kids are on the younger side. You're a new parent, relatively. Uh, but the five. oldest will be six in a couple weeks. Yeah. W- will you let your kids play team sports? Yeah, absolutely. Tackle but, football? Uh, not, not my girls. So. <laughs> no, I know.
1: What about tackle football <clears> for your? For your Even boys. if I had a boy, mm-hmm.
0: no,
2: I'd say, son, look at your father <laughs>
0: no, <that's laughs> You're, uh, not from your, physical, from your uh, physique. Get into coaching,
2: yeah, uh, and your wife and <laughs> and your mom. We're no,
0: we're not football players. We're not a football family. Okay. We like watching the game. We respect the game and and love the the athletes who are built for the game, but. We ain't one of them. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Thank yeah, you. You got it. Uh, we yeah. got a story about football, and it's not a Super Bowl story. It's about a study that was done nationally about how younger football players, parents are keeping their kids out of football at a higher rate than ever before. But you, there's an interesting switch to the story that I thought was worth discussing. It says that uh, in through a study done by, uh, I think it's the National Health Association, football players every year played in, in contact football as a kid is growing up. Uh, gives a 15% increase in the risk of brain injury mm-hmm. to a fo- to a contact football player. Uh, and despite these facts, there has been a decline in parents allowing their kids to play tackle football in a youth capacity. But that's only in one particular group. Uh, the study shows that pa- uh, brown parents and black parents have no are still putting their kids into youth football at the same rate they always have. Only white families or show a decline in youth participation in contact football from an early age.
1: So the question is, even though we all have the evidence, because this report did say, no, everyone's kind of aware of the risk. Right. So why is it that um, black families, Latino families are still allowing their young kids to play football? So we all agree on that's kind of the big question. That's the the why to What's the
0: difference? Well, what the the study shows is that, Communities of color see sports as an avenue to success, higher education, scholarships for sports, or even pro sports as a career. And there's a higher proclivity to feel that way in communities of color. I would, I would postulate that it's based on diminished opportunities in communities of color. I think that's a safe thing to say. But uh, only white families, it seems, have the luxury Of sparing their kids potential brain injury by playing contact football. It's so
1: interesting you say that because I do have a friend whose son got a scholarship to play football. Mm -hmm. And they had the because there's because his college expenses were being covered by a relative, he turned it down and just, hey, I just want to go enjoy college and it's paid for. You know, so that's nice, but families don't have that luxury. Exactly. And you know, when this first came out, uh, I think Laura had, had, had let us know about the article, and I was—I immediately had theories as to why. You know, I'm an African American woman, and you know, and a parent. I, I'm sorry, and a parent, and a parent, absolutely. And I'm confessing that having a child going through the college admissions process, you realize that if you are an athlete or have some other special type skill, they call them a hook, you are more likely to get in. Elite places, you are more likely to get scholarships at those places. So, because I have a daughter who's a really elite level athlete who doesn't, who is kind of questioning whether she wants to keep playing, right? Because when different
0: distractions come on and yes, but when I
1: but when I look at how much college is costing, I know that she would financially probably come out better if she continued to play the sport. She just would because here's the here's the deal, guys. If you look at some of the big colleges. They'll get 20,000 applications for 1,000 spots. Right. There are a ton of kids with great SAT scores. There are a ton of kids with great GPAs. But if you can be an athlete and have a good GPA, you are going to get an advantage. That's just the way it is.
0: Whether it's uh, monetarily uh, scholarship money or not, you're right. You're you're bumped up the the chain of acceptance.
1: Yeah, so I've had people tell me, like, hey, if if she can keep playing, you may want to do that. And at the and, and while that's a temptation, I most want my kid to enjoy what she's doing and be happy, but it just kind of shed light on why some families who maybe don't even have the opportunities we have right. may say, you know what, this is, this is your ticket. That's right? the only
0: ticket some families have. It's the only opportunities some families have. And it, let's you me- guys have a luxury that you don't need to get, you got to play soccer, you got to swim because we need the scholarship Yeah. Help.
1: And here's the other piece of that. Let's talk about the network. All right, so let's take off the, the financial piece of college. Okay, But if you're a college athlete and you go into the workforce at some point, it becomes this whole thing where it, it's like a community. They People think it's cool. How you played D2 or you played D1 right, or whatever. Right, right. There is a network to that. Even if you don't end up playing pro, you get to have that and it opens doors for you.
0: We were talking earlier this week about, uh, I think it was Wazoo that lost a fraternity. Due to hazing, we talked about the benefits of the fraternity sorority system, the connections you make. Exactly what you're saying about sports, you make connections, you make acquaintances throughout your life that will help further your career.
1: Yeah, and let's talk about for a moment. This article mentioned it focused on this one town in Mississippi, I Lexing- Lexington, Lex- and Mississippi, and it talked about okay, well, why why are is are they also obsessed with football there? Well, and and, and, and you discovered the, what resources well, they had in. That well, they town. picked out
0: Lexington, Mississippi, because this tiny town of Lexington, Mississippi. Per capita puts more football players into the NCAA or the pros than any other city in America. And it was. And the question was why? What is it? Is it in the water? You know, is it? it's the fact that there is no other alternative uh, activities for kids in this town. They don't have a movie theater in this town. They don't have a mall. They don't have anything but sport in this town. So parents put their kids into football. And the kids see that as a vehicle to higher education. And the kids see that as, effect, uh, as a vehicle toward life. But it also, the family said, even if, you know, we talk about the number of kids who play sports at a junior, at a, at a juvenile level, youth, youth sports, you know, was it like 5% going to play college, 1% going to play, maybe even less than that. But the community spoke to how football teaches their kids discipline and teamwork right. and, and camaraderie and the sense of, you know, commitment and all the things that you do in team sports. I've got two kids. I've, I raised two lovely young kids, two, young, two girls, and I, I insisted that they both play team sports. And neither of my kids were great at team sports. Uh, but I wanted them to understand those disciplines and those commitments and the joys of being part of a team. My kid won the Coach's Award every year in swimming because she, the coach she was a great teammate. She was enthusiastic. She was supportive of her teammates. Everybody on that team wanted her to be on the team. They loved, they love my, my younger kid. Um, and my, they would complain to me, to your point about your daughter kind of losing interest as kids age up in sports. They're rather different activities. They like boys Whatever it might be, music, theater. Or they find was,
1: other things. They, they jazz they, them. Right, yeah. they
0: find other things. Um, and I said, to my kid, I, w- I want you to remember something. You know, she was like, Dad, I'm not the fastest kid in the pool. Why do I got to keep swimming? I said, well, you know who's going to remember who the fastest kid in the pool was 20 years from now? The fastest kid in the pool. It's the only one's going to remember. Who the <laughs> and he's going to tell everybody he meets. But everybody's going to remember you as their teammate. Mm. You know, that's, that's that's what you bring to this. That's what brings to your life in team sports.
1: Oh, may I share this quote? Sure. I love it. Maya Angelou said, people will forget what you said. They'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel.
0: That's, be- that's it. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: Thank you, Angela.
0: Uh Okay, we're coming back. And when we do come back, there was a story that Aaron Granillo brought up about the Oregon man who abducted the two children. Uh, and we're going to touch on that story a little bit more. There's a couple other stories locally about the daycare and some of the some of the crimes being committed in daycare and, and how it impacts the families of our community. We'll talk about it right next Jack and Spike show with Angel Boyd Russell sitting in for Jack Stein. We'll be right back. Spike Show. Thank you. Yeah, Andrew. Angela Poe Russell's in for Jack today. And joining us now is Mickey Gomez. Mickey and I were talking, we were all talking pre, uh, pre-show today, mm-hmm. and you brought up something that I, I kind of noticed but really hadn't sunk in yet.
1: And then it got me really fired up because I was like, me too.
0: Yeah, It's, <laughs> it's the cost of, of feeding your family, but not in the traditional ways we look at it with grocery right. prices. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what used to be sometimes the only option for a lot of low-income people, um, fast food. Yes. And it's, it, uh, are they pricing us out of the market? Well, it very
2: well could be the combo that broke middle class America. Okay. Nice headline. The, the $18 Big Mac meal. And people like content creator Classic Music are expressing their frustrations on TikTok. McDonald's, you come sit your
0: trifling behind down. Who Y'all ain't got out of pocket. Y'all don't forget who you were. Y'all not supposed to be expensive.
2: Mm-hmm. And according to... I didn't
0: understand a word he said. Oh, stop it. <laughs> you, no, did, no, you, you, I did, you did too. When you're out of pocket, what's that mean? You, for, you forgot your place?
2: You're out You're out of pocket. Okay. You're, a, you're like... You're not where you're, you're, not supposed, where to you're supposed to be. Okay,
0: thank you. Thank yeah. you. See, I'm, I'm learning. Okay. We just played Boomer to Zoomer right there. You're
2: right. So according to some fast food customers, eating at home has become cheaper than actually going to the place that ba-da-ba-ba-ba, you know?
0: So, Not
1: loving it.
2: Not loving <laughs> it.
0: Was, was uh, a classic music, is that his name? The, the influencer? Yeah, classic music. Classic music, okay. Uh-huh. So it was an $18 meal? Yeah, at 18, a lot of
2: people, especially up north, like in New York and in Connecticut and in Maine, and like they're seeing these prices jump. As a matter of fact, one content creator said that Her, um, just for a little square, the hash brown was $6. I didn't believe it. So I went airport. maybe? No, at the regular McDonald's drive-thru. So I went to mine in Burien. We went there for dinner the other night because we had basketball practice and I didn't have time to come home and make dinner. So I, I, the kids were like McDonald's and I'm like, okay, fine. $55. $55. $55. $55. $55. You the whole team in the back of the van or No, something? it was just for the family of four. Me, my wife, my two kids,
1: and I went, "What did, wait, we didn't get anything special. We didn't supersize it." The 55 bucks. No, I I honestly I it just hit me about a year ago because went through the drive-through, chicken nugget meal, easily I want to say like 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. And and it used to be that you could like easily feed your family cheaper than you could cook at home because you had the dollar menu. Right. So you're saying the dollar menu is no longer the dollar menu, right? It's it's no. I think it's, it's like buy one, uh, buy buy a burger a
2: regular price, and then you get another one for like a dollar oh, right. or something like that, right?
0: added dollar value, right. oh, the the added dollar okay. value,
2: or and and McDonald's is saying that you can actually use the app. If you want specials and deals, and you want your meal to be a little cheaper, so
0: oh, so, mm. okay, so I got this. McDonald's is raising their prices across the board, and we can put a lot of this on the cost of doing business—the higher cost of of products, right? The higher cost of labor because when you want to say everybody deserves a living wage, mm-hmm. but bum bum This is where you pay for it it's through the window. But so I don't all those know, know are that are they're still factors. making a
1: living wage. I don't know At that McDonald's? they're
0: still probably not. Don't it's- make
1: me deep dive in. Well, listen, restaurant do- <laughs> owners,
2: restaurant owners uh, say that the reason for the price jump is the cost of doing business. And it's yeah. not just McDonald's. I mean, with Taco Bell and all the other places like that as well, costs have gone up. They also say insurance costs have gone up 31%. Some blame minim- minimum wage increases, like in California. Right. It's up to $21 an hour. And the
0: lack of labor, you got to pay people to come in and work for you. Right. right.
2: And people aren't working at McDonald's anymore part time. I no. mean, when you start paying $21 an hour. Now you're talking about, okay, I'm full time. I'm going to work there full time. When was the last time I so
0: saw a teenager working at McDonald's? It's all yeah. adults. So,
1: okay, so here's my question and mm-hmm. I'd love it if people could weigh in on the text line. Where do people go now if you want a cheap meal? Because it used to be fast food was the thing if you right. want a cheap meal. Yeah. So I'd love to know from you all, like is there some place you go for a cheap meal? Our text line 888 973 Five four seven six the That's Muckleshoot 97... Casino
0: Resort text line. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay,
1: nine seven three five four seven six is triple eight. So yeah, Do I'm going a... at home. Okay. I'm going to Trader Joe's because
2: I, I I noticed that they their prices haven't really increased. So I've started making meals from there, and okay. I found that when my kid now when my kids are like, hey, I I, I we want McDonald's, we want Taco Bell, we want this, we want that. I'm like, hey, n- n- twenty minutes, I'll make something
1: really good at home for a lot less money. Okay, <laughs> someone in the text line said, Dick's. And they're right. Dicks is still kind oh, of yeah. Well, I can once a year range. for
0: 17 cents, sure, but they sell me one burger at that point. No, but Dick's is still No, b- Dicks less... is
2: still yeah, we'll go to whenever we go to Federal Way, we want to go to the movies after the movies, we'll go to that the new Dicks right there.
1: Yeah. And is red someone said red robin, is red when we look at what it costs for a burger and fries and a drink, mm-hmm. is red robin gonna be comparable to McDonald's? It might
2: be. Well, that, don't they have that, that, that the that's, endless that's basket of fries? I know we've got mind. a we've got a don't red robin in, in yep. Des Moines, but I've haven't been there.
0: But I would expect to pay more for a go in and sit down meal at a restaurant yeah. i would expect to pay more than, than a drive through fast food convenience mm-hmm. handing me through a window in a paper bag well i can't i can't believe that it's gotten to be oh, so the expensive co- to...
1: the costco hot dog
0: well it's oh, holding it the down hot dog. yeah <laughs> the
1: costco hot dog one dollar so is there yeah. a
0: silver lining in this you mentioned that it's, it's cheaper to, to feed your family at home right well, it's also much healthier to feed your family at home well
2: listen mcdonald's has recognized that they're taking some heat for the increased prices. And so the CEO of the company uh, did imply in a recent interview that prices might be coming down
0: what was it was it an effort to drive people toward using the app you mentioned that people can people told that well, you can use the app and earn points and get mm-hmm. coupons and kind of bring our prices back in realistic f- that way
2: well the CEO didn't say exactly but they do have an app and they want people to use You're it right. so I would imagine that that might be one of the reasons why but I can't imagine that they would increase costs that much just yes. to get people just to drive people to the app
1: Whew, man
0: well you know what they don't mind if we charge more for gas to get us to drive less we shouldn't mind that they charge us more for fast food to get us to eat at home more. Yeah, right. So we're One would think. Okay. When we come, thanks so much, Mickey Gomez. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk again about how daycare might not be the safest place for your kid, and the, the the horrific story of human trafficking right here in Seattle. We'll be right back. It's the Jack and Spike Show with Angela Poe Russell. Right after this.